This week's episode of the Bench Time Podcast is brought to you by our patrons. You guys rock. Seriously. If you want access to some exclusive Overtime at the Bench episodes, we should be doing one this weekend, and you want access to our Overtime at the Bench Facebook page, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash customs and join there for some access to the fun and a couple of extra little goodies that go along with it. In addition to that, uh, if you don't want to become a patron, because I know some people don't want to use Patreon, we also have some new ways you, you can support our show. And you can just head on over to hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support us and check that out. Or you can just go over and click the top of the navigation bar uh, where it says support us. Um, and that's for some people who maybe don't want to use Patreon. But before we get into that, we wanted to announce this week's show winner, and my dad and I selected Lynn McCurdy. Um, Lynn, you are this week's uh, Ugly Duckling Contest build winner. Uh, the idea for this week's contest was to post a picture that was an ugly duckling, something that you built and you don't want to put on your layout. And Lynn posted a picture of like a little one-door room, one-room shack. That's a wood kit, and it was a wood kit, but... Uh, <laughs> Congratulations, Lynn, and we will be sending out a railroadkits.com kit to you. Um, this week's photo contest is going to be the same deal. You're going to have to head on over to our Facebook page and comment on the pinned post. That'll be at the top of our page. It's pinned to the top of our Facebook page. You can go over there and put a picture up of some kind of to holiday gifts, a Christmas box your favorite Britain tool is named for a Christmas so this present. week take Boxing a picture of your favorite tool that you're currently working with or for just one that is your old standby trusty tool a uh, for model railroading from the or building models the servants would also um, go home on Boxing Day that photo to give Christmas boxes the to their family so it's a part of Christmas and I'm here making fun of it none of us made fun of it it's just we just don't know I didn't know what it was call me stupid I mean it won't be the first time so anyways hey uh Let's get this show on the road finally and talk about some uh, some of what we've been doing and where we've been. Yeah. So last weekend, we were down at the Minicon for Blue Ridge Summit. I think it's officially called the um, Blue Ridge Summit. Clinic's Day and Minicon. Yeah. So episode 69 was recorded live at the show. It is what it is. The audio is what it is. We got interrupted a couple times in the middle of our podcast because people didn't know what the hell we were doing down there with all these microphones and stuff. Go to podcast I, I, yeah, I don't even. Yeah, I had. Yeah, <laughs> we won't even go there. What's but a podcast? Anyways, it was a great time. Um, yeah. The South Mountain yeah. Division of the NMRA put on an awesome mini con day down there, and Pete did an awesome job uh, organizing it. That it's just an. Yeah. Aw- it's a. It's a. Kick-ass little tiny hometown yeah. very local nmra event and they do an, fun. they do a great job of making sure that to. everyone that goes there leaves with leaves with a good experience it's it's an awesome yeah. little event yeah and we got to see some of our listeners there yeah we met we probably never... a dozen listeners there right and some some of our listeners that we actually seen on on our show and then as on some of our live bills on our facebook and on our yeah uh, on our page. some people and we didn't we... even know a lot of people we didn't know I, came up and said, "Yeah, I listen to you. I, I listen to you all the time. Are you Todd? Are you is that Brett?" So yeah, 
and um, it was really cool, you know. And I got to see Dottie's uh, paint palette that I put up on Facebook. That it's paint palette week. is impressive. That is impressive. It is an she, impressive paint palette. She said that's over a couple years of work, and uh, she's uh, she's very proud of that. And, it's, and she does a marvelous job with her clinic on sidewalks. It was really good. So it was. Um, it was an awesome event. We can't wait to go down again next year. Um, yeah. The only complaint was we, we were already asked to do that. By the way, the only I didn't com- tell you that the only complaint that oh good well well yes I'll be there. The only complaint I have, and if Pete, if you're listening, this isn't really that big of a complaint. But my dad and I requested that we get pizza when you ordered our pizzas, right? And this isn't anyone's fault, but we got swamped by talking to so many people down there that. By the time we wanted to go get our pizza, the pizza was gone. So that was the only <laughs> negative part of the day, and it wasn't even that big of a deal. But it was just it was it was you know a, what that that was provided by the Boy Scouts. So oh yeah, I know uh, it was just funny. Well, it wasn't it, provided it, by. And I'm not even and I'm not even complaining. Yeah. I'm just being yeah. Brat. Oh, I know. But I know. Yeah. That was a. Uh, I was like, dang, I didn't even get my pizza slice because we were busy talking. But hey, it was awesome. Um, we did also ask during that episode, which is up by now it went up on wednesday by the time you're listening to this right um if you guys within reason can think of any other small shows that we should attend and um we're not saying we're going to be able to go to all of them at all but um if there's a few within the maryland virginia uh del you know delaware mid-atlantic, PA, mid-Atlantic yeah. area couple hours drive within Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, my dad and I are up for considering them. We're not saying we're going to go to all the ones that you guys suggest because we have other things going on, but throughout the year, we would like to attend a handful of other cool little mini small events just to kind of get the word out there about them. Um, Obviously, we're probably not going to travel to uh, Colorado or uh, <laughs> uh, we're not going to Oregon yeah. for this show that has a hundred people at it. Um, just not within right. our budget currently, but, um, we are interested in some of the mid Atlantic smaller stuff that is within mm-hmm. a couple hour drive for us. We'll make a day trip. So, sure. um, we're not saying we'll go to them, but if you guys have some awesome little ones that you do that you want us to check out, hit us up and we might try to show up to them either this year or next year. So, yeah. um, anyways, Great show, great episode. That's up. You can recap. You can catch a recap of that on episode sixty nine, which is already uploaded. Um, but let's get into this week's show now. So we had a guest, right? Right, and the guest can't make it, so we're and going to we uh, had a scheduling do our, issue. So our thing this tonight, and it wasn't a big and, deal. Uh, it's just a scheduling. Yeah, it's just yeah, a scheduling just, issue. So yeah. um, we didn't we. Timing wise, we were been up. We were been up to like twelve or one o'clock editing this thing. So uh, yeah, we're just pushing it off to another week. But now right. you get the glory of you and I on the show right. again. So uh, here we go. What kind? Of, <laughs> last week I got caught. You caught me playing with my wood. So this week, let's see what kind of bloopers we can come up with. <laughs> you never oh, know. No, you were just you were whacking and hacking. Dude. Oh yeah, I was that's whacking all. and hacking it. But yeah. hey, that's got to be a shirt, I think. So we haven't done a shirt design in like two weeks. So I'm thinking this week, by the time you listen to this podcast, we're gonna have two new shirts up. We're gonna have one that's uh, Todd's favorite, the the wood elitist shirt. Yeah, and then we're gonna, <laughs> and then we're gonna put up a uh, shirt that's uh, hacking and whacking until I go blind, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Something of the sorts. I gotta keep it pretty. 
I mean, for the record, I will be doing, for the record, I will be doing some work with plastics <gasps> to make them look that are, that are, <laughs> to make them look like they are, well, it, like, like they're redone. They're plastic kits that I've repainted to, you can't tell that they're plastic. And we're, okay. we're going to get to that sometime here. So don't think I'm against plastic. No, I have, no. For the record, I need to set this. I had the Ashmore Hotel from Walder's Cornerstone. It's a big, tall, 13-story oh, yeah. hotel. It is all plastic, and we're planning to use that on our layout. I haven't dug into it or built it yet. It's going to be huge. Um, it's, you know, it's plastic. I mean, I'm not against it. It's just I prefer to work with wood models. I mean, it, it's just how I like to do things. And, and uh, to me, that's, a, you know, that's my part of the hobby. That's a craftsman side for me. That I'm not saying that plastic isn't craftsmanship. It no, is. it's just hey, you're having. Hey, it's what you do with listen, the plastic on the outside. Listen, yes, everybody knows this, but you. But we're just busting your chops at this point about it. Oh well, you know how I am about that. <laughs> I so. think I think everyone understands that you can do good work with plastic. You did the hotel that we have down here. Um, right. I did some stuff. It's not that. Now it's just funny because it's just become like a, an, an internet meme. Oh, I know. It, just like, yeah. just like Sculpey. So, right. uh, it's just become part of the show. So yeah, I get uh, it. Just like my fine scale, pr fine scale princess. But right. Maybe that so. needs to be a shirt too. I'll wear that at the next show. I'll, I'll make yep. like a, a black and pink shirt that says fine scale princess. We had some ideas that came from some of our listeners as well. Um, was, uh, we, we had them written down. Uh, some of them are pretty good, and we may add them as shirts as well. Yeah, the uh, problem we, is I got to just design the shirts. So, Right, uh, right, and I get that. I got to find time to do that on top of everything else. So um, it's okay. We will get them done, but I definitely want to do a Woody Leadist shirt, and I definitely want to do uh, something that – centers yeah. around that line that i said last week that yeah. was just off the charts hilarious so yeah um let's um, get into what we're working on this week so i know i was painting something last night that piqued the interest of a lot of people and they kind of wanted to hear us talk about it I and mean, we might have talked about it on an older episode but we're just going to talk about it again because um you don't have to dig through the older episodes to find me talking about painting plastic figures well, that's going to be our main main course tonight right? yeah so okay it, we had a few patrons ask about painting figures i will mention their questions and then we're going to just recap that in the main topic later i even had a guy i don't know if you saw that he asked us if if oh yeah the, the, the freddy krueger yeah no no uh michael myers Oh he yeah, Michael me to Myers. Make a Michael Myers figure and paint it, and I was like, I don't even know where you find a Michael Myers. I looked figure. up. HS in fact, scale. I in fact I looked up Michael Myers one eighty seventh or Michael Myers HS yeah. scale. I couldn't find them. I found yeah. Michael Myers in larger, um, uh, some of the larger scales for um, figurine painting. Yeah. But I could not find something small. I could probably scale. turn a. One of the you could customize them, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. found one that worked right, I just you didn't could... want to do it. He wanted how much it would cost and everything. I was like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a HS scale figure. How much you think it's gonna? It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's I don't gonna know. cost a fortune to paint. I'm not doing it. I, I, well, we don't make things to sell. I mean, it's just not what well, we do. I mean, I might. I, I've been debating doing a couple things where we do dioramas with buildings mm -hmm. or something. But but if we right. do anything to sell in the future, which I'm thinking about. 
doing some yeah. one-off projects. It'll just be one-off things, and it won't be right, right. You know, not to order, not to order. Yeah, the only thing yeah. we do make for other people, which I have to finish one up this weekend. I owe uh, a patron. Somebody. I know yeah. we have a couple patrons that are due here soon too. Um, just a few of them for some small buildings. So right. that's the only thing we make like on request, and it's not really on request. It's just a gift. So um, that's it. But let's move on. Let's get into our okay, patron. Let's let's, let's get into our patron questions. We're gonna bang those ones out real quick. And let's I always, and I always that. say real quick, but those always take half an hour or forty five yeah, minutes. Let's do it. But do it. Then let's get into our uh, the rest of the meat of the show. Okay, go ahead. So let me get over. That's my transition music, by the way. It's beautiful, wasn't it? It was. Man, we got a ton of comments. Oh man. Okay, so just a shout out to our patrons. If you ask a question about painting figures, we're going to cover it. And I will say that you ask the question, but we're going to not answer it until we get into that main segment. All right. Dan Pugetch. Painting figures. (laughs) So we're going to get into that. (laughs) Um, Daniel Banks. Any tips for painting figures? What kind of washes do you use on them? Um, if you have covered this in the past, or if you've covered this in the past, we're going to cover that. Um, Mm -hmm. Daniel also asks, are you a fan of of vignettes on the layout? If so, what are some stories you are telling? Huh? Well, yeah, we really (laughs) are in the planning process of our layout and we haven't really, I mean, we have, we we have a guy who used to hold a jackhammer. Oh yeah, and uh, he's now hanging. He's on the back of the bar. Oh the my god! Well, let's just say let's just say we cut the jackhammer a little shorter yeah. because of where it was positioned, <laughs> and we repainted it. Um, it's now flesh colored. So we're just gonna say it's it's those two things. You you put two and two together. He's hanging off the back of a balcony. It looks funny and. And uh, that's what we got. Um, I I do have a small one with a figure that I did um, hanging Is off it a of story. Yeah. Well, it's not really a story, um, but I made a, a. There's like a. He looks like a bum, but he's hanging off the back of the uh, Blackwater Cove dock that mm-hmm. I did, and he's just kind of like a wayward dude hanging off yeah. the back of the dock. But we really haven't done much. Um, Right now, we haven't gotten to that detail. Well, point, well right now yeah, we're setting. Right now we're setting buildings down. So right. the, the track is all down except for maybe ten percent, a small corner. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all need because we need to build a bridge on that section, and that's right. what's been holding up that small piece of track. Everything else is done. Um, I mean, but but now we're at the point where we know the track's going to go. We know where the track's going. And now we're laying buildings and putting streets in. But once we get those streets down, then we can start to create small little scenes. And that's even what I was thinking about with the guy that I painted last night who I posted it to a couple groups. And now everyone's saying he looks like Inspector Gadget, which I think is hilarious. A creepy dude in a window too. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think like four or five people on one page alone or the one group alone said uh, it's Inspector Gadget. Yeah, definitely. But uh, uh, I want to – Start creating small things like that, Daniel. Um, but it's hard until we actually get the streets made and the and the scene yeah. set with the buildings, and then we can. We have we have a couple. Yeah, we like, do. We have we have the the garage. I got the shoe shine one. 
Right, and a shoe shine one. Yeah, I, definitely. I got that. I made the what's the name of that shoe place? I forget. Something shoes, but uh, I made yeah. a shoe pl- a shoe store, and out front is a small uh, set of characters, and there's some kids with some shoe shines. Um, right. You you've done a few. In the hotel on on the not the hotel the apartment that I just did. Oh, I yeah. put a I put a man and a heavy set man and, uh, and a heavy set woman, and they're shop owners of the shops, and they're standing out in the front on the front looks like they're arguing and uh i did that and i have a another one with a soldier standing on the corner oh yeah and the same thing with a with that, a because uh, you know back is that then, on the downtown the deco like part soldiers. is that on the downtown deco kit no 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 that's the sailor oh yeah and i did yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, on yeah. that corner yep. as well uh, that was different that was a woman walking by and a sailor looking over his shoulder at the woman. I will say. And then uh, I have another one with this, uh, uh, an army soldier uh, officer standing on the street corner reading a newspaper while a woman walks by and she has her head turned and she's looking at him. So, but we will I, get uh, more. I do have some ideas yeah. from – I always – believe me, Daniel. Um, yeah. With how, well, with how much humor I like to put in everyday life, we're going to have some – they're going to be accurate and they're going to be realistic looking. Right. But I'm going to make sure I have some some pretty funny and some pretty good little vignettes within the the layout. I mean, and you, you know, we're talking about a vignette. You're talking about uh, a story within within a, set, a certain small scene. And yeah. And and you know, I mean, well, we really can't set them till we have other things done. Right. Like on the gas station thing, I did. I put like. Oh, you got a toilet. I got a toilet out in the middle of the field because everywhere you go, you always see. <laughs> it, it, sometimes it could be just that one little thing makes that scene, you yeah. know. And I, I had that toilet sitting out in the middle of the tall weeds and stuff out. I, th- I do think it'd be cool to gas station. I do think I, I, his original question was, "Are you a fan of vignettes?" And yes, I, I am totally. Absolutely. We are. Yes. We are. We're gonna do at, a. We're gonna do a bunch of them because I think that's you, what makes us. I think that's yeah. what makes a layout. Or even yes. if you're just doing dioramas um, yeah. on a smaller scale, as far as, far as size-wise, um, right. I think a vignette, even on a diorama, is what makes things really pop. Once you mm-hmm. start to look at a layout or a diorama longer that has vignettes, when you look at it first, you're like, wow, look at all this detail. And then you look for a minute or two and you're like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Look at that scene right there. Like, oh, there's yeah. this. Or oh, there's a car that's right. broken down, and there's some mechanics underneath it. Like, then sure. it's it's at first glance you don't see them, and then you start to look for a few minutes, and you're like, oh wow, there's a whole story. There's stories upon yeah. stories upon stories within this whole scene. Right. So right. we are totally a fan of it. Any 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 well done popular layout that yep. you'll find is detailed. Is uh, it has a lot of fine detail to it. Absolutely, is, you're, you're definitely going to see, you're going to see that on them. Yep, that's what they do. You know, definitely. So. Um, all right. Okay. Yes. Let's go on to Daniel's next question. It says, I think this is his last one. Uh, have you thought about background sound for the railroad? We have thought about background sound for the layout, but not necessarily the railroad line in particular. Um, we have we did get some sound from Microlumina, um, from Bill over at Microlumina. Yes. Um, yep. We have what is it like a seaside sound with mm-hmm. some seagulls? We hooked it up and listened. Waves crashing. Yeah, waves the... crashing. So we yeah. have a we have a lighthouse corner which my dad talked about last week. Um, we're gonna put that sound 
along that side. Um, yes, yes. It's some plaster rocks and stuff, but there's a section where I've got a dock sticking out on the side that we yeah. can hide a speaker and conceal, conceal the speaker and then run the wire down underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So we do want to add some sound. And he has a million of them. He, well, yeah, I was going to say. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> don't say he's got a million, but. Yeah, he's got Bill's a got a lot of, over at Microlumina. He's got a ton of different sounds. And I know there's some other sounds out there on the market, but we do plan on adding some right. other sounds to the layout. Uh, um, and maybe some train sounds and some railroad crossing sounds. That'd be cool, too. Um, mm-hmm. We're just. We're not at the point where we're able to add those just yet because we're still trying to uh, set the scenes. We're, we're setting scenes now. We're actually this is an exciting time now because we have enough buildings and enough things now to actually start setting individual scenes within the layout. Yeah. So we will be doing that for right. sure. Yeah. Um, Lynn McCurdy asks, lights and animation. If you're going to, what kinds? Um, and then he explains that he has lights on his both his Rundown City and his Monolith modules. Um, I don't know too much about animation outside of the train. That'll no. probably be the most animated thing we have. We're not going to... I don't really want to get into fussing with motors or different things moving around. I feel like no. that's just asking for things to break. Um, but we definitely are going to load it up with lights. Right. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go Frank Varga level because that's... No. <laughs> but we will load... I, I, we will... a lighthouse that needs a light in it. Well, we we have, we light have some of our buildings. We did get some lights from, from Microlumina again, and we got yep. the lights for the lighthouse, for the lighthouse mm-hmm. effect from Microlumina. Right. Um, so we have that. You put lights in the sawmill you did. Correct. Um, I'm planning to light up um, Colombo Breads. Uh right. With some of the lights we got from Microlumina, right? And uh, so we'll we'll add some lights, but um, you know that's kind of priority number three or five on the list. It's not. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, again, we're still we're still kind of trying to figure out placement right now. So um, it's tough because what we want to do is mo- what we want to do for our layout is mostly city and mostly building in Macadam. So. For us, I think, and maybe you you can probably concur with me, is it takes a for me it takes a lot of mental planning to make sure we're putting everything in the right spot to create the best visual effect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, we will do lights, um, probably not so much with animation. Right. Um, Scott Perry. Scott has been interested. I'm interested in your ideas for selecting colors, time period, and shading. Well, so I think we actually talked about this quite a bit when we had Doug Fiscali on mm-hmm. um, about especially color selection and uh, time period. Um, we chose the late 30s, early 1940s, just because it's an era that I think I'll speak for you, Dad. That yeah. You and I have both been pretty fascinated with with just in general with history. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, it's kind of a cool time period because you're coming out of the depression. Um, you still have some of that like gangster, um, mob kind of uh, old Al Capone feel to the yeah to the, the vehicles, to your the, cities. The, yeah. The the, pe- the way the people are on the you know your figures. Yeah. The um yeah the the buildings of course. The, you know, my question he I have on that the question that he has, I have a question on, 
it, you know, I'm, just, I'm going to try and answer my, the question as a question. Uh, it, it, I'm guessing he wants to know about the color schemes that yes. you use to, to well, produce that time error. Well, and, and, and Doug Fiscali actually covered this with us the other yeah. week. Right. Um, but my, my feeling on that is, real quick, is, um, you know, it, it, just because everything, not everything has to be, in my opinion, flat and dull and, uh, you know, it's, it doesn't have to, there, there can be some bright colors, okay? Um, just because it, it's, we see stuff uh, in old photography, it makes it look dull. Right. But back then, if it was a shiny new red Coca-Cola button sign, it was bright red. Right. You know? Well, and if it, and even the yeah. buildings, even the walls. Um, I'm guilty. I'll raise my hand here. Bad radio. Yeah. Bad radio, but you can't see me raising my hand. Uh, I, I make things look old. Yeah. Even though. I do too. Even though at that time. They were new. It was sometimes. new. Maybe it might not have been new. It could yeah. have been. Old it then. could have been a fifty or sixty year old building in right. the 1930s. But it's just like today. I'm very guilty of just trying to make everything look beat to hell. And yeah. and, uh, I, and I and I get the making the gangster cars. They do look better as old. They're not as good shiny. But when you think about that, you think about a car from the, that time period when it came out new off the factory. It was shiny. You're right. But nobody the, bought the doll car. But even even our layouts that are our big inspirations, um, I don't think we have to name them because everyone knows what the, yeah, the one yeah. we're talking they're, about. They're but you'd get a little bit of artistic freedom in selecting what right. what you do and why you do it because it, in reality, it's yours. Um, right. so even I'll just come out and say it, even the Franklin and South Manchester, it is a very heavily weathered layout. Yeah. Um, and he took his artistic freedom to do what he wanted to do with it. I mean, uh, obviously he could have had things bright and shiny, but the, the artist, the artist in him didn't, didn't right. and, and do that shows. with everything. So, and, and I'm sure there's some, and, th- and I'm sure there's some things on there that look newer as well. So, sure. Um, Absolutely. But as far as color selection, uh, we did talk about that part with Doug, and a lot Tunes, of things, a lot greens. of, and a lot of yeah. things back then were white washes and white paints or variations mm. and tones of white and gray. So right. um, we do, uh, we loosely stick to that. Um, yeah, I mean, yet earth tone things and greens were big too. Olives I mean, and reds. All, yeah, drabs and that type of thing. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, next one was Jake Johnson asking about, he goes, talk about airbrushing. Oh. Um, right. Well, you know my take on this one. Uh, yeah. I had an airbrush, uh, and to me it was a bigger pain in the ass than it was to just paint by hand because it was yeah. you had to clean this and you had to make sure your nozzles were clean. You had to do this, you had to do that. And I, I'm like, right. well, but all the time I had this work and setting up my damn airbrush and cleaning all this shit out, I could have just painted it. So between, a, between Jason Jensen hooking us, well, not hook, he didn't hook us up with one, but between him getting the idea spark to do a, a hairdryer for all my things and just some acrylic paints and a paintbrush, I think I can do everything quicker with an airbrush. I mean, I'm sorry, with a, with a paintbrush. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and and I'm comfortable with a paintbrush, and I think that's a big big part. It's a of comfort it too. issue. What are you comfort with? Comfortable with? I mean, for me, I know 
the work I do with a brush comes out to my satisfaction. I like it. I'm happy with that. I don't necessarily have to go out and buy an airbrush just to have an airbrush. Do I think it would help in some situations? Yeah, maybe. But um, I tried it. I tried an airbrush before uh, a long time ago when I first started my railroading. I know they've come a long way since. But my biggest thing was just what you said. I had to clean it out, clean it down, put it away, store it, dig it all out, set it all up, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm like, you know, I could just paint it. You know, I'm just, I'm just gonna paint it. So, but you know, everybody loves to do their thing, and yeah, that's that's the beauty of the hobby. Yeah. But um. And this is kind of you know, gonna lead into our next next question with Ken Anderson, and this one is a loaded one from Ken. Um, okay. But Ken is basically, I'll just run down through the gist of it. When building a model, when building a layout with a railroad, does your railroad structures have a themed color? Township names included on the sides of the building, depot, or station. Do you have flag stop shelters, crew shelter, phone boxes, etc.? Does the railroad have MOW vehicles? Does the railroad reflect by the style of structures and how they're maintained? Am I missing anything? Um, I guess he's trying to say, do you theme everything that you do on your layout around the railroad um, no, I see, that you're I see doing? No, I what you're saying. Um, for us, we're doing I mean, kind of a freestyle, right? But down along the track areas, yeah, you're going to see yeah. railroad, railroad type structures. Totally. Uh, in, up in the but, city part, but I will say you'll see the station. I will say our railroad station. structures aren't themed around a railroad line, no, or they're not no. th- like the colors aren't selected based off a of railroad line and any right. of that because we really don't have a specific railroad line. Ours is kind of. Uh, well, we are kind well, of going well, to be enough. Well, no, 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 no. I. But yeah. But 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 it's not a railroad town. No. We're not modeling a prototype. This could be, we're we're kind of doing a, a specific railroad line in a made up town. Right. right. So, um, it could be a pass through town or you name it. So we're not really, with our layout, we're not doing it anything prototype. We're doing it all freestyle. Right. Uh, but I know I do know there's plenty of people that really do focus in on um railroad and structure the theme of the structure to right. match the theme of of the railroad line they picked and right. that's totally cool i mean it, it, there's some awesome prototype uh railroad layouts out there yeah um, exactly and we're going to have our small shanties down yeah, on we the might have we might throw and, a couple bnos buildings in or some small bno structures as like trackside yeah. structures but yeah, um, some switch towers and things like that. And we're going to have them down there, sheds and whatnot, um, loading platforms of different types or yeah. different, uh, you know, a freight load uh, station down there. I, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I think, I think really the, the difference in that can probably comes down to, are you doing a layout based on a specific town or based on a specific like railroad, uh, a section of railroad for that line, which would have, themed maybe i'm wrong but are you doing a prototype or are you doing it freestyle that really is what it comes down to so for us right we might not be the best to answer that because we're kind of we're kind of mixing it all up but and and that's good though because you would have a mix up of all that in pretty much just what we described down along the track area you'd have that in the city you'd have your city structures And, and and i think there's i've seen some amazing uh, layouts that are based solely on railroad style structures 
and they're really nice. Yeah, it's really cool and well done. Uh, and, and, a lot of your switch switching layouts are and, real good and that way. Greg Baker actually replied replied to Ken, and he said uh, that's one of the reasons that he does a prototype build or a prototype uh, layout. Um, right. Greg says one of the reasons I model a prototype is to learn is to lean on available information. Um, mm-hmm. And that totally makes sense. I know a lot yeah. of people get super, super into researching it and making sure it's as, as exact as they can get it. And that is totally – we love to see that um, because we used to do that with our past hobby. Everyone knows mm-hmm. what we used to do with reenacting. And we were super into the research, and we wanted to make sure everything was, like, down to the T accurate. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I think you can do amazing things – either way so if, if mm-hmm. you're very into making sure it's super accurate you can still make a really kick-ass model or a really kick-ass layout and if you're just kind of in the freestyle way of doing it and just um kind of mashing your own city together it's fun too because then you can just you just kind of know rules as long as it i mean there's rules but there's there's less rules as far as accuracy of um where everything was placed right Oh yeah. So, it, it it's either really whatever you want to do, Ken. But we're probably not the best to answer that because we're not doing a prototype. So, yeah. all right. Greg Greg Baker asks: Are there any new products on the market you have not tried and you want to? Mm. Anything that is sitting on the shelf that you're well. itching to get to? Or dreading to get to. So that's two part question. First one: Is there anything out there that you want to try that you haven't? Yeah, I I I, I, we, I know there is, and you you have it in your hands, and I don't yet. What mine? I want to get after talking to them. I want to get an ITLA kit, uh, or, or or I want to get a I bunch of get to that too. Or I want to get to a bunch of modular pieces. Hmm. And start tearing into making something like that, but right. you have that. I don't. I will sometime. Well, I I had two. If you want to use, well, if you want to build one of them, no, maybe. But let's get on to this. So, Is there anything that you want to try that we have? I, I, I do want to build that uh, ITLE kit. Um, well, you have it is, though. I know. I want to build it though. It's okay. Sitting up here, itching at me. So, is but there right anything now, on the market you want that we don't have yet? Yeah, there is. What is that? It? There's a switching tower. Uh, there's two switching towers that I'm torn between. There's one by Foscale Models. It mm-hmm. came out with it is all brick. The Jensen and one. And I love it. It's nice, huh? The Jensen one. Yes. Yep. The Jensen one. And it'll be the Wiley one when we're done with it. And then, <laughs> it'll, and then the other one is the um, uh, uh, by I just saw it this weekend. Um, that that that. Uh, I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm stumbling. Um, Jeff Grove has uh, uh, Carolina Craftsman kits, and he had it set up at the show. And there's a it's it's a wood clapboard sided one. And it's nice as well. So I'm torn between the two. They're both excellent looking uh, switching towers that I want to buy. Buy maybe I'll put one on each end. I don't know. We it's can have one on one. one. Yeah, I think it'll be good. We'll put one on one side of the layout, one on the other another side. Well, and actually, the on the top section we have that industrial mm-hmm. area where right. there's a couple turnouts. So right. Right, exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the, that's one of the things that I saw. The other thing is I saw this weekend is Foggy Mountain Models oh, has come out with that yes. kit 
that um, that uh, he was talking about on the show. The station. Mark, Mark was talking about. Yes, Mark uh, Schreiner. And um, he was talking about that um, the station. And he had a model of it. It's coming out on production soon. It's an HS scale. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful station. It's got Victorian, uh, a Victorian style to it. It's really nice. Uh, I have a, We have a really nice station now from Carolina Craftsman Kits, but a second one would be great. Um, and then the other thing was um, that I, that I'm really anxious to that just came out on the market as well is the one we and I'm not trying to say this because they talked about it on our show, but how we've talked to everybody on our show. So. You know, it's kind of hard to avoid. Yeah, what is that? it? I'm not trying to patronize it, but um, there's uh, not patronize it. I'm not trying to give it, you know patronage, but it's the um, the uh, the building from uh, my Mount Models that uh, oh, Ron yeah. Place came out with, and uh, I definitely want to uh, get on. Uh, that get, looks. Yeah, I would like to get that as well. That looks like so, a fun build. Yeah, Ron did an awesome job with that, and I don't mind. And I don't mind giving. I don't. uh, No, I. I I think it's totally cool to, to, um, to push that a little bit on the show because Ron's a patron and and we appreciate that. So, uh, right. Well, not only yeah. I mean, everybody that makes kits, pretty much we've they we've had everyone on, and and I'm gonna tell you right now, they're all making awesome stuff. So it's, it's it's like tough to. To, uh, it is, it, especially when like the oh my gosh, do you feel do you ever feel this way, when like three or four of them, I won't even make any names because they all do it, but uh, they're all guilty of it. But when three or four of you guys, you know who you are, will all come out with stuff within like a, a week or two of each other, and I'm like, yeah. ah, like what are you, what are Which you one? doing to Which us? One? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, yep. There's a million things out there, and ours is probably mostly structure related uh, right. with what we want to get. But yeah. I mean, there's some other products out there that we haven't gotten yet that I want to try out. Um, uh, a few different AK things I've seen that um, mm-hmm. I also want to get my hands on. Um, right. But but yeah, there's some there's definitely some stuff out there we want to get. Mine is definitely the ITLA things. Now to the second part of his question, he said, "Is there anything sitting on your shelf that you're itching to get to or dreading?" And I'm just going to come right out and say that I'm dreading that Sass and Vinegar Works kit. <laughs> um, I opened it up again. Was it Monday or Sunday night? Yeah. Uh, and I what? So you're going to laugh. I laid all the parts out, looked at them all. Uh huh. And then I just put them all back. <laughs> and I was like, I like started to hyperventilate. Not that serious, but I was like, oh my god, this is insane. But I, I, I was not planning on starting at Sunday night. But I was like, I, I was sitting here waiting for something to dry, and I looked over and I saw the box, and I'm like, let me see what's in that again. And I opened it up, and I'm like, oh. I don't feel bad. I've done the same thing twice now with uh, with the Baxter's building supply. Yeah. With I will FSM. get to it, I, and I'm excited and dreading it at the same time. So it's I, not. I, I really want to do that. I'm not afraid of it. Long. It's yeah. just like, yeah. oh man, I got to clear all this workbench, and it's going to be it. It's going to be it. The main that's thing. Gonna be the main thing, and I think the one thing that's holding me back from it right now is I have, I think I have like three things I want to wrap up. I have Wanda's. I want to wrap up um, just a two other small little projects here real quick mm-hmm. uh, before I dig into that one because that one's going to consume my whole workbench. Yeah, mine too. So, so 
What about you? Do you have anything you're dreading, or, or is it, or is it that? that I mean, Baxter? the FSM kid. I'm dreading. I'm not dreading it. I'm dreading it because I, I really want to do it. I I'm, always want. To I'm dread. I'm dreading it in a fun way. Yeah, and you're probably the same and, way. Yeah, in a fun way. I want to get to it, but then in a part of me is going, well, you know what? I Nothing think, else is going to get done on my workbench until I do it. And I think you're probably very much like me right now, where you're thinking. If I'm going to start it, I want it to be the only thing I'm focusing on. Yeah. And right now, I'm focusing on more than one thing. So I want to wait until I have my plate clear. But the way we've been working lately, we're never going to have our plate clear. So what we need to do is just like say, screw it one day and just we're getting this damn thing started right now. Plus, we have that terminal kit. Yeah. And then I have have the – oh, man – I have that kit you got me for Christmas. I have the one from Railroad Kits. What's that one? Um, the the um, oh darn it. The, um, that sounds stupid it, now. They're coal. No, no, it's not coal. Um, well, anyways, I have the big one from Westboro. Yeah, Westboro. Yeah, San, Sandhouse. Sandhouse. I got that one. I got the Bar Mills kit you got me. I got Wicked Wanda's I got to wrap up. I just got to put the roof and decking on that one. But anyways, we got a lot to work on. And um, the Westboro Sandhouse is big. I got this. I got a couple Bar Mills kits. I got I got to finish up um, the Wicked Wanda's. I got the one you got me. You know, I'm looking really nice, too, by the way. You got a ton on deck. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you. But um, I had a couple issues with it, but we're getting there. <laughs> but uh, so that's that. My only thing I'm dreading and I'm looking forward to in the same at the same time is um, the is the Sassin Vinegar Works and my dad's is Baxter's, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm having a lot of fun right now working on this uh, on the uh, Thames Street shops. I thought I'd be moving a lot a lot quicker. It's not because it's a difficult kit. It's a very perfectly well done kit, and I love it. I love how it's designed. It's very easy to work with. The instructions are awesome. However, um, you know how I am, wall by wall. I got to play with each wall individually, make each wall look a certain way before I start assembling the thing, and so that's where I'm at. Right, and it's, it's just how I am. You know, so it takes me longer. Right, but yep, cool. Well, um. All right, two more questions. Dave Cruzwick is asking uh, the figures one, so we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do figures next. Okay. Uh, and Daniel Banks, last one. Since you should be well into recording now, I'm looking forward to the podcast dropping on Friday. Oh, well, hey, uh, there's a lot of good material in here, Daniel, and I think you'll be delighted with what we talk about. So <laughs> all the patron questions are done. If you guys want to have access to be able to ask us questions and get access to our exclusive Overtime at the Bench content that we do, it's probably bi-weekly now, but um, we do it probably pretty much bi-weekly. We, we publish an extra episode called the Overtime episode. You can head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash customs and get that rolling today to get started uh, to gain access to everything. So you'll also get access to our Overtime at the Bench Facebook group, which is uh, an right. awesome little hotbed of uh, activity. So um, let's switch over to our main topic of the week, and that is painting figures. Yeah. It's your okay, favorite thing, well, right? 
I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna I s- actually like painting figures. I, it was but oddly they, relaxing last night. And they're they were oddly time consuming yeah. for such a little tiny part. Because you want to make it look like a human being. You don't want to just slop some paint on it. Right. Okay. And 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 you know, I I don't want things out of place. I don't want my paint overshooting the hairline and down the back. And uh, you know, I I, I don't want to miss I don't want it lines. to look like I painted it in an earthquake. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, so I get the I get the the uh, now uh, two two ways that I do them and um, to so, to not miss that detail, and that is one I can wear the the Optivisor, okay, and I like I've been wearing that a lot lately. Makes it look like you're cutting diamonds or like making jewelry. Yeah, but it's nice. I mean, the I can op- really work with it. The Optivisor. Well, I have a problem because you got a bunch of problems. Problem, but my problem is working under a magnifying glass. I have a problem. Well, you know, like the big giant magnifying glass stuff uh, with the, the LED lights and stuff built into them. And I have one on my yeah. desk, and it's it's great. I can flip the I can flip this lid up, and I have it's made by um, um, Ot, Ot, Ot Lights. You can get them at any of the craft stores. How many and, O's is um, that? Ot, 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 Ot. And um, it has a lid you can flip up. It has a pretty big, it's like a four-inch diameter uh, magnifying glass, which is nice. It has LED lights all around it. And that's nice. And I've worked on their other uh, magnifying glasses as well. The problem is I wear bifocals. So as I'm putting my hand up underneath there and looking through it, and I go to put my other hand with a paintbrush up, and I'm holding the figure on my, I put it on a cork, and we'll get to that. Um... Uh, when I go to bring the brush to the figure, I'm sometimes not matching it up real well uh, as far as my, you know, the vision goes through that because mm-hmm. I wear bifocals and and then I end up missing and I'm painting my my I'm painting my your fingers. nails you're painting your nails I'm painting my nails yeah <laughs> my nails and um, you know so it's like uh, I'm missing the figure altogether and I'm not, I can do it that way. I just have to really deeply look into it and concentrate. And, and, uh, so, you know, it's, uh, I, I avoid that and, uh, I've been using the Optivisor, <clears throat> but, um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, you want to have something along that line so you can get that extra detail. Um, I know you work under regular magnifying glass and it works well for you. Actually last night, uh, I, yeah. I used nothing. No can you yep. freehand that. Yep, just with cool. my eyes. Yeah. Um I put on my magnifying eyes and mm-hmm. I did it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have um your bionic eyes. Yeah, they they if you twist yeah. them side if you if you grab the eyeball and you twist it, it, it focuses in. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. But uh no. Yeah. Um so all I did last night was actually just use an alligator clip mm-hmm. and I just painted it. Free whatever. What what would be the term for this? Free eye. I painted it free eye. Right. Um, right. Uh, sometimes I'll use the the helping hands with the magnifier glass, but yeah. I find that to be clumsy sometimes. And it's I mean, I hate to say this. I, anyone that anyone that doesn't that needs glasses is gonna hate me for saying this, but uh, I don't need the magnifying glass, so I find it to be cumbersome 
to paint with right. the magnifying glass. So right. uh, at least for the next couple of years until my eyesight starts to fail me, um, I'll use my young eyes to be able to paint it. Uh, and I just I just use an alligator clip, usually on the one foot of the figure, and then I just go to town that way. Uh, and every now and then I'll glue them to a cork. But uh, right, um, I, I, I like to use a cork. But yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I I do both. But an allig- an allig- an alligator clip on just one foot is fine because you can paint the entire figure, and then when you're done, you unpop you pop it out of the alligator clip. Yeah. Hit it with a hairdryer real quick. It's dry to touch, and then you can just paint that last foot the same color as the other shoe. Sure, that's a good idea. And that, I've I've used the alligator clips before. That's that works out pretty nice. In fact, I sent you that picture today of those. Uh, it's like a board with holes in it with a bunch of sticks you can put in. Um, and I'm thinking about right. getting that. It's got a whole bunch of like. That's pretty cool looking. Like sticks with alligator clips on the top, so you could clip in like a whole bunch of figures at once and just go mm-hmm. right down the line and paint them all at once. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of our listeners out there. I've seen some photos that they put up mm-hmm. on our, sh- our posts over the uh, course of the last and year. And they'd be good for and detail I know a couple parts of them too. That use that, yeah. They use them for detail parts and and such, and it was a great idea. I know that uh, Ed's does that um, from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore miniatures, and uh, so she, I know she has done that. I'm thinking about getting something along those lines, but yeah. so let's get into less of like how we do it with tools, but let's go into the process of actually, um, like, how do I want to word this? How do I determine who that person's going to be? Do you, do you do this too? Yeah. So this is probably the most fun, and this is probably why it's also the most relaxing part of painting figures. From... Keep going. I'll be right back. All right. Sorry about that. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. I was sweating my ass off in here. No, you're good. All right. And uh, I had I put some shorts on. Man. What are you eating? I just put a piece of gum in my mouth. Hold on. Yeah, don't chew that in the middle of the podcast. Okay, I won't. Because I can hear it already. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I, I can hear you chewing it. I'm done. I took it out. Okay, okay. Anyways. But yeah, so the fun with painting figures... I think comes with the idea that you're creating um, you're creating a person that lives in that city. Do you feel Do you feel that way too? Oh yeah. Like it, it's it's like okay. Here's this blank um, prizer figure, right? The blank whatever brand of other figure you make, you you have. Um, right. and, and now you're going to give this blank piece of plastic life, and it's going to become a thing within your diorama or city that right. um, it needs to, it, it needs to look alive. Right. It, it, it not only does it make, and I'm not painting it to make it, I'm not painting it to paint it, to get it done. Right. I'm, I'm painting it with the idea that like, I want people it's, to, when I want, when I see it, I want people to think they can associate a person with it. Yeah. And I mean, you might associate, it with Inspector Gadget, like you did with right. my last one, you paint I painted, but um, you want to give it a character. I it's want a character. It, I want it to look alive. I mean, even though it's small and I can't paint eyes and mouth and whatever on it, I want it to look 
like it's it's doing something like it's alive um whether it looks heavy and it's leaning against a lamppost or a wall or it's sitting there and it has some kind of um gravity to it or the person in a posture or a pose yeah or or they're walking and it kind of looks like it's the way you paint it it kind of adds life and movement and it has a little bit of pop to it um you you when i start to paint the figure or before i even start to paint the figure when i'm selecting the colors for it even i'm thinking about do i want this person to pop out in the city do i want them to blend in do i want them to be the first thing you see when you look at a corner like if it's a a man in a a clean business suit or a woman in a bright colored dress do i want them to pop um you can kind of create a story with that character with that blank figure before you even start to paint it right so that to me that's like super exciting i think that's so much fun because what you're doing then is adding people to your city you can make them look grungy and homeless or you can make them look like they're uh old beat up fishermen and the the way you paint them uh uh, you can make it look like it's a a lady walking down the street in like the the jazz or the restaurant district kind of you know getting ready to go out and it's just so it's so cool and i think it's such a cool feeling and it's to me it's relaxing because i feel like i'm creating a personality for the layout yeah, that's kind of how I look at it too. I mean, I want that person to have, I guess we said, a character, and I want it to fit. This is where the vignette, vignette uh, term comes up. We were talking about earlier. Was that Daniel that brought that up? And um, that you know, it's the same thing. We, we ha- you're you're thinking about where this person's going to be uh, when you're doing it. Okay, it, you might get them all ready and not, not have a place for them. But when you're painting them, you're thinking, okay, this is where I can I could let's say I have ten street corners. I could there's a million places I could put this person. Okay, I have on oh, one of my kits is uh, a drugstore I did, and I have a woman, a prizer figure woman. Uh, prizer, by the way, is about the they're my they're I don't think there's a better I don't think I, my personal opinion, I don't feel that there's better figures out there than prizers. Um, I don't get me wrong as far as, you know, unpainted figures to, to, to do, uh, they're, they're really, they're really, really cool. Um, you, know, you can get some specialized ones that are awesome. Like the ones that we saw, at um, uh, from, from best, uh, castings, uh, the best, you know, um, they best has really nice ones as what were those called, Brett? They have the um, oh, oh the skanky Yankees. The skanky Yankee, now, yeah. So no, now they're cool, okay, but they're specially because there's only maybe you know what two two dozen thirty of them maybe yeah, uh, and, and and so there might be a little more. Yeah, okay, so and that's what they have, and 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 but they are they're neat because you can fit them anywhere. Uh, you could you can pick your location for this because they're your specialized ones, but as far as you know the unpainted raw ones that come in packs um those uh prizers i mean obviously it's uh, i i just like the detail of the casting on them they do a good job right um and you don't have to now, clean them up very much either no you just you, you clean them up a little bit you, they they all have a dot in the center of their back for yep. some reason yeah okay i sand that one i sand that down okay and then 
Uh, they also on a lot of them have a, 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 a couple line, little lines, but the, the, a line that goes down usually the calf of their leg. Yeah, but it's across in, their in, in five seconds. It's gone. Right, exactly. And so you, tr- you clean that trim up, and then I spray them all. Okay, um, I use a gray primer, uh, a flat gray primer, and I spray them all. When I get a whole pack of them, I bought six hundred and some of them. Okay, and and I bought a bunch of different packs of the Prizer packs. And I, no, I did not get them on eBay. I ordered them from a place in Florida. Oh yeah, had them on sale yeah. at, at a good price, and. Um, Anyhow, um, they uh, I bought I got all the packs sent to me, and I cleaned them all up. And it took forever, and then I um, took them out and spray painted them all gray, right on the sprues, you know. And um, I actually didn't cl- I didn't clean up every all the little dots and stuff. That would take me all day to do that. I mean, or, or weeks to do that. Um, but then I spray paint them, and they're all ready. So whenever I need one, I grab it, I paint it, I put it on the scene. Um, they're you know they're ready to go. In fact, I have them off the sprue now, and uh, they're sorted in one of those assortment boxes, so I could put like different figures, sitting figures, sitting females, sitting males. Yeah, and then, you, you know, gave... like the fishing tackle boxes that are all divided, the divider yeah. boxes. And, well, then, and, uh, and you gave me all the military and police one police one oh my god reason. i don't know why i just like, gave you a handful of crap that i know I, had. I know so it's just funny but, the ones you picked me were all like uniformed officers except for like 10 people <laughs> well i got plenty here so i'm gonna come over and i'm gonna give you a big bag for right, on sunday right. on easter so um the uh the so once they're sorted like that, then I can just reach in and grab. I need a seated person, boom, seated man, seated woman. I can go through that little tiny bin, and I can pull out there maybe 50 different types, and I'm just pulling them out, you know, the ones I think would be fine. Anyways, um, I there's even uh, one of the more fun ones I did was uh, a woman going down the street holding on to her hat and then holding on to the arm of a little boy. As they're walking briskly down the street, and you can tell it's apparently windy because her dress is flying up, and that's why she's holding her hat. And it's really neat because it tells that figure, those two figures together alone tell a really cool story. And um, without, you know, and that's just it. You got to pick the figures you want to make pop. Okay, we talk about the colors that you use to paint them. Um, Once we start painting them, I'm using just. Late uh, latex um, and um, uh, acrylic acrylic craft paint, and um, I, I I start a palette. You know how many palettes I have, and I'll start just putting dabs of different colors in, and and you know, and then I start working with that. And uh, you know, until you're done with a figure, you could have, I could have two, I could have twelve little wells in a palette filled up, um, but it's. And then while you're at it, then you might as well get some other ones because she has some of the colors out already that you're going to use on other people's. What you use for a pair of pants might be something you use for a jacket on somebody else. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, but I use browns and greens and dolls, uh, doll blues, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, oh, nothing think, bright. Well, no, well, oh, I well, think you can use brights. I, I do too. I'm going so, to get to that. Well, Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, you can take over the whole segment then. No, no, you got that. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, I use brights for uh, a lot of the ladies' stuff, a lot of the ladies that I paint. Um, Okay, yes. I paint, well, all five of them that you gave me. 
But anyways, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, the I, you know, I have some more pastel colored things that I want to use for some dresses that have that are that are on the ladies of the prizer figures that I have, um, especially down near like our steakhouse and our our jazz club area, kind of like the night hangouts. I wanna I wanna paint those the 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 lady figurines that I have from Prizer to be a little more um uh a little more bright a little more mm-hmm. and they pop uh, yeah. especially in the nicer sections of towns so I think I do think you can paint them a little brighter now the one I did last night I did use all earth tones I used like a he's got like a brown overcoat a brown trench coat on um, yeah more of a business type guy now he's holding a brown bag which sure use your imagination was in the brown bag but just like you i do use more dull tones for some of the more um uh, unkempt or uh more rough looking city figures right and and and, you know the bright so real quick i'll go on that i'll kind of add to that is um, brights for focus. So like, let's say that person it has a flower in her hair. Right. Okay. So I want to make that bright. I want that to, I want that to pop. Okay. Um, let's say there, uh, there's a boy pulling, I don't know, a, a wagon. It's all one piece or something. I, I yeah. want to make that wagon pop in red. Okay. Just because it's not, just because we use dull colors um, doesn't mean we can't throw some brights in well, and it, to show what they're it, – I'm not saying it's shiny. And it's just like what you said earlier. Just, um, just because the photos we see of buildings are all right. drab and old-looking doesn't mean they weren't bright at the time. It's right. just like the same thing. Just because people in photos looked like they were wearing drab and dull-colored clothing sure. because of the – photography of the time doesn't mean they didn't ever wear a brighter cloth, a brighter clo- right. um brighter shirt or a brighter dress or whatever right. especially in the 30s and 40s they had those colors it's not like it's not like they never right. wore green dresses in you know <laughs> yeah. uh it, it's just what's that, what's that movie what's that movie that uh that everybody's in black and white and then the kids find out about the world a little bit and then they start turning into color Oh shoot! Brandon Fraser was in that. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, you know what I'm. You know what I mean. N- no. And as the movie progressed, everybody's in. Uh, all the kids are in, uh, are now in full color. Brandon Fraser, and, uh, Encino Man. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. No, I'm no, kidding. No, no. The, but the parents and some of the adults are are in black and white still. No, I'm it, not sure of that I one. I can't remember what it was called. Anyways, you know, just it it just goes. It was set in the fifties. Yeah. So you know, it wasn't like, it, you know, it was. Yeah. Anyhow, it's it's like that. I mean, you know, they they had those colors that you're talking about. I mean, women wore bright yellow dresses or, or uh, you know, a purple or, you know, they, they, it wasn't like they didn't. And, and men had, you know, uh, they might have wore a red, a red cap or, uh, you, know, you know, that they, they wore stuff that was bright sometimes. Right. You know, so now um, um, when you paint them. Yeah. Um, the process of painting them. One of the things I think is a big a big drawback for a lot of people painting them is they don't know where to begin. Right. And um, I always start – I don't know where you start, but I start with the flesh. 
and I always paint any exposed flesh I don't. first. Oh, you don't? No. See, I always do that. I always start with the expo- exposed flesh because I feel that's a bottom layer. I want to go with the bottom layer of this, which would be to me the flesh. And so I paint their faces and I paint their I paint their hands, uh, any exposed leg uh, if a woman's wearing a dress, um, uh, that kind of thing. I, I mean, I that's where I start, and then I work from the bottom up. So if there's a shirt underneath the jacket. Uh, it's like, a, let's say the gentleman's wearing a white shirt and it's a bottom layer to, closest to his flesh. That's what I'm going to paint first. And then I work my way up jacket, vest, coat, that kind of thing. Uh, if they have such a vest, you know, but, um, that's kind of what I, where I tend to go with that. And, uh, um, but every, you know, you have a different process, obviously. Right. So I so, start with, um, I start with the, colors that I'm using. So um, whatever the lightest or most neutral color is, like the most dull color is, uh, as far as being able to mask it, um, I try to work from lights to darks. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, occasionally, I will start with the flesh tones first, if the flesh tone is the lightest color that I'm put, putting on. Okay. Um, and then I'll start to cover them up with darks. But uh, I found that the just through testing on a piece of scrap um, paper that I had, the flesh tone was actually harder to cover up with the color that I was using for the coat um, for last night's. So I actually do it based off of the color layers that I'm doing. Uh, and maybe yeah. that's too much thought process, but it actually, for me, turned out better that way. Uh, right. just with the paints that I was using. But I, in typic, typically what I do though, even when I didn't do them by layer like that was I, I always start out with the garment piece, uh, the top mm-hmm. garment piece. I start out with the shirt or the coat first. Okay. Um, and I cover that completely and I'll paint that all the way to the edge of like the collar or whatever. Um, and then I'll hit it with the flesh tones for the neck or the face. Right. Um, and then followed by the hair or the hat. Uh, lastly, I'll do the pants and then the shoes at the end. Shoes are always the last yep. for me. Shoes are always the last. Well, and the obviously hats. hands. I'll do, I do hands the same time I do the face. Um, right. Hands and arms. But I I always, I, I typically start with the garment unless the garment is going to be um, uh, light. Or I'm sorry, unless the garment is going to be uh, harder to cover up compared to the rest of it. Then I'll do the garment last because I don't want that to um, not be able to be covered up with the type of paint I'm using. Because, you know, some, some paints are thinner and the bottom layers will show up through them uh, right. easier. And you got to do more and more layers, which adds more uh, paint layers to the right. already very small part, which then starts to minimize the level of detail you'll see. Right, right. So mine's kind of weird. I kind of do it in a weird way. Uh, I start with usually they all start with garments first. I do garments, garments, then I'll do heads and hands, and then hats mm-hmm. and hair, and then pants and shoes last. Right. So now with with flesh. Oh, and then and uh, then I because I'm psychotic, I will do the buttons and belt buckles and all that other crap. Uh, <laughs> like if you yeah. saw the one I did last night, I did the belt buckle around his coat and I did all the individual buttons down his coat because, um, I had to. So, 
Uh, I couldn't pass that up. And then you can buy the flesh tones. Um, they have uh, just about Americana and both them and the uh, folk art both have several different types of flesh colors. I know that they have flesh. I have flesh color from uh, Ceram- coat. And uh, and then I know that I don't know if Apple Barrel has a flesh tone. They may, um, but you know I have all these different types because each one varies a little bit, and that's okay. You want to not make sure you oh you want to not make sure you want to make sure that you know not every figure has the same color flesh or the same tone of flesh. Right. You know, just like today. I mean, we just like in real life. Right. You know, I mean, there's, you know, I'm, I might be, I might have more tone or pigment than you well, do you, in your skins. Right. Yeah, it's, it's different. And you don't even have to use a flesh colored paint. Um, no, you know, you can mix. I actually mixed the one I used last night with, um, mm-hmm. with a, a tan. Cause I wanted to, I wanted a very small amount. I, I mixed, it was probably the size of a piece of rice, a grain of rice with the amount of right. paint I mixed because I only needed it for the face. But I mixed my own color because I didn't want that fleshy color. I wanted it to be a little darker. Right. So, and, that, and that's it too. You get, it doesn't necessarily have to be labeled as flesh tones. We have different nationalities and different races. Yeah. So you want to match to that. And you want to show a little bit of, you know, of if, especially for us, we have a big town. I want to show a mix of race and, and uh, like a town would have. And, and then, of course, um, I also got turned on to a different skin. It's called Skin Tone Base. It's made by um, Chromacryl. And we talked about it on my. I talked about. It, I've done some uh, live uh, live feeds uh, of doing some figures in the past. Right. And uh, we used the Chromacro. It was actually Ed's uh, Camilla Ed's from um, the uh, Singapore Miniatures on Instagram and Facebook. Um, she has uh, talked to me, and she. Uh, told me the Chromacryl is what she uses. Her figures are awesome, and I love the tones that they had. And I went out and I ordered a uh, a tube of this from Blick um, Blick Art Supply online. Um, I think it's BlickArt.com or Blick.com, and um, it's a two and a half ounce bottle uh, tube. I guess it is. It looks like a toothpaste tube, um, except it's not a tube. It's not the metalish type of toothpaste tube uh it's plastic um and it has the it's 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 an acrylic it's one of the best tones i've ever used and um it it doesn't have to go on super thick and it doesn't take away the features of the face you want to make the features of the face you know you you don't want them to look like their faces are melting and if you put too much paint on, that's what'll happen. So with this, it's it takes a lot longer for this stuff to dry than your cra- your normal craft paints, um, but um, it doesn't matter because you're only putting so much. You're only putting a little tiny bit in right. on the face, so it right. dries on the it dries on the figure quick. In your palette, it'll be there for a while. I actually. Um, I was going to butt in here, and I was going to say I actually use a acrylic um, from what's it. Delta Creative. Uh huh. Yeah. AC. Cermacote. Cermacote. AC yeah. Flash. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, that that I have a I have a thing of that too. It's really good stuff. So I use that, and I also use the folk art. Um, there's light flesh, medium flesh, and dark. I think there's a dark flesh, mm-hmm. but I have light a light flesh too. So um, right. I have so those. Good. From, you could... Those from folk art. So there's a wide range of flesh colors that you can use. Yeah, you can mix them up. I mean, you don't want to have everybody having the same tone of flesh. Right. And uh, unless you have so, like. If you only have like four or five people in your layout, well, then no big deal. Well, if, or if you're just doing a small diorama, right? But if you have more, if you have 15, 20 people on a in a city block area of four buildings, yeah, you're gonna want a little bit of variation. Yeah, you don't want them all looking the same. So, it's, it's not, so it's once you once you've painted it and it's dry, yeah. Um, let's see if what you do is a little bit different from what I do. What I do is mm. once I'm satisfied with how it's painted. Um, this step is really, really fast for me. I take a small, small brush and Mm. I get a little tiny bit of brown, um, chalk, weathering chalk. Okay. And I just really very, very, very lightly dust some brown weathering chalk on my figure. I do Um, the same. I do the face. Um, Last night I did the overcoat because I wanted the guy to look like he's got an old, an older coat on. Um, uh, obviously I've done some other people that were a little sharper dressed with a suit or um, I did an older gentleman with a cane and he was dressed nicer. I don't put the brown chalk or chalks on their clothing. I just do the face to kind of bring out those face features. But just a little bit of chalk is enough to bring out the facial features. And if you do want someone to look like Maybe they're an industry worker and they're they're dirty because they're working in a forge yep. or a factory or a warehouse. You can you can put a little bit of chalk on their clothing, um, and it actually yep. brings out all the lines in their shirt or their coat coat that they're yes. wearing. Yep. yep. So you do the same thing. I I do, and um, I've also draw. I've also taken a light like a cream color, and I've. I mean, we're talking extreme dry brushing and dry brush a little bit over. And sometimes it brings out the, the folds and such in their clothing. Um, and you have to I'm, when I take, say extreme, I'm saying you're taking out almost 99.9 percent of the paint back out of that paintbrush before you touch your figure with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it just hits those little tiny edges and draws out some of the, the detail on and you let that dry. And then I'll use a little bit. Um, you can use a gray, a very light gray dust of chalk powder, um, or a brown, like you were saying. If you want to dirty up some of their clothes a little bit, yeah, uh, you can use the brown, a light brown. Don't go with a dark no, brown. No, no, You'll no. ruin it. No, and, I use um, a, I a use very, a light very brown. light brown, and then a very, very light gray. Even on, it will dull some of those colors out. And you want to brush it off completely. You don't want to leave it staying there. You want to just let. You want to put it on and then brush it off, because um, it this way it it just dulls out the paint a little bit. Right. So, yeah. Yes. That's what I do. So that's really it. That's how I do yeah. my figures. Um, yeah. It's really kind of just a chaotic um, uh, brain dump of whoever I want this person to be and whoever I imagine them to be. Uh, right. um, everyone was kind of kidding with me that uh, what was it one? What did Dave? Uh, what did Dave say? Cruisewick. Hang on. Oh, bad, bad, bad radio. Hang on. But um, oh, here I, we go. The. <laughs> Figures is a good topic. Follow up to your awesome 
uh, pervert in an overcoat post. So, uh, really quick, let's just do a recap. If you guys are listening and you're not familiar with what I just got done working on, and this will be our, this will wrap up our episode for the night. Um, uh, I painted a figure last night, which kind of kicked off this whole thing where I went into kind of like, I think I went into super detail mode with this figure. Uh, it took me like an hour and 20 minutes to do it. Great. You did a great job. um, Buttons, the belt buckle. I posted it and then everyone and their mother started calling them inspector gadget or like, (laughs) pervert in an overcoat or yeah i mean mean, it was like a million different comments on like uh who this guy was gonna be like oh hopefully he don't run into a man carrying a carrying a violin case or just a whole bunch of like just (laughs) awesome funny comments and uh like go go gadget yeah go go gadget uh well he's holding the brown paper bag so yeah he's he's gonna definitely go down into our bars section of town um but uh you know it, there was also somebody who did a uh who commented on one of our posts that had made a window scene with a guy who looked similar in it and he was saying like ah i gotta find that prizer figure that you did because he would look way better in my window scene um Oh yeah, then what, yep. what you and that window scene that you made. If you're listening, uh, that was nice. It looked really cool. It was awesome looking. Yeah. I don't think you need to change anything. It looked great. No. Um, I'd leave that man in there for that matter. Yeah, he's cool looking. So, yeah. uh, I did make Inspector Gadget. Apparently, of course, according to everyone, but uh, uh, he um, he's kind of just like a drifter dude, and he's gonna be hanging around around the bars because. Who else walks around town with a brown paper bag? We also have that liquor store. Maybe I'll put him out front of the Cooter's liquor store. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So That'd be perfect. If, if there's liquor in his hand and he looks could be a pervert in a uh, trench coat. Yeah, who knows? In front of the liquor store. Yeah, he's just an old dude with a brown paper bag hanging out in front of the liquor store. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I do... I do like to create a story with a character and that it kind of also leads into what Daniel was asking earlier about a vignette. When I'm creating these characters, I do think about the story that they're going to be involved in on our layout. And I'm sure you do. And the more you add the figures to your layout, Oh yeah. The more your layout becomes, they can almost look like they're interacting with each other. If you do it right. right. Yes. So it does make it look lifelike. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's going to be a wrap for tonight, I think. Um, yeah. We, uh, again, we have, um, uh, you can always support us through our page at hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support us or head on over to patreon.com forward slash hoscalecustoms. Um, uh, that's really it. Uh, we're going to wrap up tonight's show. This will be available when you're, well, it's Friday, so you're already listening to it. Um we, we just appreciate everything that we, we got a lot of encouragement at the, sh- the mini con we were at last weekend and um, uh, just meeting a few people kind of just brightened our day to know that you guys are out there. You, uh, you yeah. are listening oh. to us. So Oh, yeah. Well, I got a, I got a hit for you all. Try it out. Look good for it in any of the craft stores. Um, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Eggles, Ta- uh, it was from Gl- Greg Leipert and um, it is – uh, glue tape. He told us about and it at the show. Right. And he told us about it at the show. And I went out and last weekend. I bought a pack. It's not real expensive. And you can get them in one packs or three packs. They have uh, a million different companies that make it. You want to look for glue tape. It's in craft stores where the, um, what do they call that? Um, the paper crafting stuff. Uh, scrapbooking. Scrapbooking. And, um, 
So it's in a scrapbooking section, and uh, it would be it, it, it acts. It's much smaller. We're talking about, um, you know, a, maybe a, a a quarter inch or a third of an inch or three eighths. I mean, I'm sorry, not three eighths. Well, a quarter an inch. It's about a quarter inch thick. And um, it's it's called uh, glue tape, and it acts just like the, um, but on a much smaller scale, um, the transfer tape that everybody has or uses. I used a piece right before the show while I was talking to Brett, and I put it on a piece of uh, a back of a thin sign, and uh, put it down on the tablet, it's basically, and it stuck right to it's it's permanent. It's basically like the old the the handheld whiteout. Um, yeah, the whiteout like apl- applicators like that. Yeah, or, or the, the 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 highlighter, the tapes. Yep. Um, yep. But in a, in a double sided tape form. Yep. Yeah, and it's um it works in the exact same way, and it's double sided tape. You and that roll was actually, it along your surface, and it's 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 nice because it'll be neat in thin, tiny spots or small areas where you want to put a small sign up. Right. You don't need to cut a big giant chunk of chunk of tra- transfer uh, just, tape. You just roll it across, and you're good right. to go. Stick it on, and it's permanent. And that you know, we do want to give credit to Greg Leipert because that was a um, that was a listener. Uh, tip that we received at the show that we should pick up. Yep. So yep. I, def- I want to play with it a little more, but um, yeah, I mean, it's we'll talk about it again. Don't play yeah, with it too much. You'll go blind. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. oh, that came back. That came back to haunt me, huh? Oh, yeah. I was just <laughs> oh, waiting for man. that one. Yep. So uh, let's get out of here. Bro. All right, guys. Hey, have an awesome weekend. Yes. Paint them figures. Yeah. Hey, if you're painting figures, um, we want to see it, so yeah, post them put up. them on our show, put them in the show notes, whatever. So we will also, at the end of this episode, jump over to the contest winner and the new contest for the week of um, whatever the hell this week is, this week's 70. contest. All right, wow. that wraps up this week's episode, episode 70 of the Bench Time Podcast. We just wanted to give a big shout out to all of our listeners. Again, if you guys want to support us, head on over to hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support us. Um, as always, like, share, and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Catch us over on Facebook. Catch us on Instagram. You know the drill. Um, that's it, guys. Talk to you later. Have an awesome weekend and a happy Easter. Uh-huh.